It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Today's show is brought to you by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip on Instagram. Book your own trip with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there, do that, get rewarded. Today's show is also brought to you by Untuck It. Dads come in all kinds of shapes and sizes, and so should their shirts, like tall, short, slim, and relaxed. Ever wonder why your father's button-ups look so baggy at the end of the day? It can be hard for guys to pull off a great, casual, untucked look that isn't sloppy. That's where Untuck It comes in. Untuck It is the solution that fits just right. Their shirts are specifically designed to look great untucked and feel comfortable at work or on the weekend. No tucking or tailoring required. Go to untuckit.com, promo code NBA to get 20% off. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 525 of Locked On Raptors for Sunday, June 2nd. I'm your host, Sean Woodley, RaptorsHQ.com. Subscribe, rate, review, all the Locked On podcast shows, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and Himalaya. If you're in the market for a new podcast app, Himalaya is the one. Be sure to check it out. Rushing through this intro because, uh, you know, there's a, there, there's a finals game to get to and people are waiting with bated breath. For us to talk about Game 2 of the NBA Finals, a Raptors 109-104 loss. And joining me to wallow in the sadness or uh, bask in the general fineness of the result, it's Josh Howe from Raptors Republic. Josh, what's going on, buddy? Uh, not too much. Um, <laughs> I'm doing alright, Sean. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I, uh, you know, disappointing finish for sure. Uh, the Raptors, of course... Had a lead going into the second half. They were up by five after maybe they should have been up at like 14, but some weird sort of fouliness happened at the end of the game. But that's fine. We don't need to talk about refs too much today. I'm sure we will at some point because they were an indelible part of this game. But um, the Raptors, I thought, in the second half just kind of blew it a little bit. Their, their defense was kind of the bricks in the third quarter. And their offense also was also the bricks. And it was... You know, the, the, the Warriors give them credit, man. Like They gave the third quarter punch that I kind of expected we'd see in the first quarter of this game, but they saved it for the third, and the Raptors were kind of stunned by it, I think. I think it was an 18-0 run, um, something like 20-1 or 23-1 or something crazy like that between the end of the second quarter and the middle of the third. Raptors didn't score a bucket for uh, about six minutes in the second quarter, in the third quarter as well. Uh, it all kind of fell apart there, Josh. What happened in the third quarter, man? Um, I don't really... It's weird. So, there's a, it's a mix of things, I guess. Some of it is... Yeah, the Raptors missed some good looks. I know a lot of people are either going to only talk about that or be annoyed that everyone's only talking about that. <laughs> um, which is usually how these things go. But Make or miss lead, looks, Doug. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that, that's usually how these things go. But, like... I think it wasn't just that. They also, the Warriors came out and switched up their matchups a little bit. Like, they came out to start the third quarter and had Draymond on Lowry and Clay Thompson on Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, 
I, I don't. It's just there's so many things going on at the same time in this game. Like even like Danny Green was kind of back to having a tough night. He had some shots late, obviously, but uh, he was turning the ball over a lot in different situations. The post ups weren't working well. Um, I, I, the Raptors' offense just sort of stopped working. <laughs> Not just because of the matchups, which I think um, did affect them, but they, it really took them out of out of what they were doing. The ball stopped moving the same. Um, it, it really boiled down to okay. I guess I'm just going to muscle my way into the paint again and start drawing fouls because there's no other way that we're going to be getting points. Mm-hmm. The only other player that was kind of consistently able to get something was Van Vliet, and even then, you know his his value mostly comes off of off-ball movement and spot-up shots. So, like, he's not a guy who's all creating um, points all the time. So, yeah, I mean, I throw in the fact then that the Warriors getting all these stops are able to get out in transition where they're very good and uh, are just we're just back-cutting the Raptors to death mm-hmm. in, in, uh, in half-court situations. And Andrew Bogut had, like, he came in and had, like, I think, like, three alley-oops or something like that, like, you know. Uh, just stuff that the Raptors didn't didn't seem prepared for, oddly enough. And uh, I mean, credit to the Warriors there; they they uh, came out and just hit them with something they were not ready for. Yeah, boy, those Andrew Andrew Bogut minutes were sure odious. I hated them a lot. Um, but yeah, I, <laughs> the thing that I sort of came away with thinking when the third quarter happened was just like the Warriors played Warriors basketball very well, you know? Like, they, they leveraged yeah. Curry's gravity. They would have him screen a bunch and run a bunch of shit off of that. They had Cousins sort of picking dudes out from the high post off of those actions away from the ball. And the Raptors just kind of didn't seem ready for that. I don't think they were prepared for sort of the, the decision-making that goes into guarding a Steph screening action where anything that like there's just so many decisions you have to make in that tiny little flash instant second and so often it was guys sticking to Steph and like oh there's Sean Livingston running to the rim or there's Draymond Green wide open again or the basket or um there's DeMarcus Cousins leaking out for a dunk and that is you know it's really hard to defend there's a reason the Warriors are the Warriors like that it's not supposed to be an easy thing to to figure out um and so I'm not surprised that the Warriors were able to sort of pick the Raptors apart that way they do it against a bunch of teams but maybe it took the Raptors a little bit long to adjust and it also certainly didn't help that they couldn't hit a damn thing on the other end and I I don't even know if it was like open looks that they were even getting in that stretch it was just the Warriors kind of playing the defense they played in the last like five or six minutes of game one where they were just like no like we're gonna switch everything we're not gonna let anyone buy us like Draymond's gonna guard the best guy and you know good, good luck trying to get looks in the half court and when you're giving up a million easy you know finishes around the bucket at the other end like you're just never getting out into your offense quickly and that's what the Raptors have always been very good at is sort of dictating the pace with their defense and they did not manage to do that and it's not exactly shocking to me that things fell apart there um fourth quarter was a little better I guess it was kind of ragged on both sides and it was the whole game was stop and start like personal fouls on everybody like foul trouble for everybody both sides this is not a the anti-raptors conspiracy uh ref talk that i'm about to engage in it's uh holy shit scott foster tony brothers and ed malloy are just awful at their jobs conversation i'm engaging in um because like it was endless just a stream of just like chintzy ass little fouls and then it just sort of threw the whole game out of flow. Kyle Lowry played just 28 minutes in this game because of foul trouble. And in fairness, 
The last foul he picked up was absolutely a foul. He goes under the basket trying to swipe it away from DeMarcus Cousins. He smacks his wrist carelessly, and you can't be making that foul, man. You can't be, especially when you know the whistle is that tight, you can't be going and making that foolish play. And Kyle deserved to pick up that sixth foul. Did he deserve to pick up the five before it? I don't know, but it was a really, really dumb play on his part. So the fourth played out sort of without guys that you would expect to be on the floor. Lowry was out. Uh, Kevon Looney had left the game with a hitter's shoulder. And then uh, Clay Thompson left the game with a hamstring injury that did not look good when it happened. Uh, so it was just kind of like a weird, ragged finish for both teams with strange dudes in the court. Quinn Cook was out there just like draining threes all over the Raptors. It was super annoying. Um, but then the Raptors went to this like box and one defense that absolutely stunned the broadcast and kind of stunned anybody watching because it's like a high school defense. They had Fred just sort of chasing around Steph away from the ball and they were just zoning up and it was working. <laughs> they were just like yeah. sort of goading Draymond and Iguodala and Cousins into bad shots. And it ended up working out for them. What did you think of that fourth quarter? Do you think that defense is going to be replicable for the Raptors? Or is that something the Warriors were spooked by for five minutes where they went scoreless and we'll figure it out? Or what, what do you think there? Because that was a really strange, bizarre way to sort of approach playing the Warriors. Van Gundy said he had never seen anyone play the Warriors like that before. And ultimately, like if you're going to have the game come down to an Andre Iguodala 3... You're probably okay with that, considering the percentages. Obviously, he hits that shot at a very ill-advised time of the shot clock that he probably shouldn't have taken it at, but like, the results were kind of okay, and I think that might be a way to sort of play against the Warriors, especially if Clay's not out there and they just have a bunch of bad shooters all over the place. But I don't know. What did you think of that fourth-quarter defense? It was very bizarre, but it worked. Yeah, uh, it was really weird. Um, I don't know. Nurse just pulling stuff out of nowhere. I mean, I guess... Uh would buy it than anything else. Um, I don't. I don't think it's something that would work long term. But I mean, hey, like while it's working, you might as well use it until mm-hmm. they prove that they can figure it out. Um, so yeah, it, it clearly worked. Uh, but you know, the problems continued just on the other end, where the Raptors just couldn't get anything going and everything was stagnant. So it almost didn't really matter in the end. But uh, it brought them back because Kawhi is Kawhi, and he was able to uh, just slowly string them back in thanks to also a couple you know technical foul boogie throwing the ball in the air for whatever reason mm-hmm. um and stuff like that so yeah i mean it was a weird it was a weird move it was interesting and it kind of worked and uh, i guess credit to nurse for trying something like that game where uh they technically you know they still i mean they had a shot uh it was like a two possession game about a minute to go so um yeah, good, good on them for trying it. Uh, I, I think they'll try it again until the Warriors prove that they can uh, overcome it. I'm not sure that it's going to last very long, to be honest. Yeah, I wouldn't think so either. And like, You don't want to be giving up shots as wide open as the one Iguodala had. And obviously that was sort of a circumstance, too, where they're just trying to sell it to stop Steph with... Um, I think it was like a four-second difference shot clock, game clock, with the, with the score yeah. 106-104. I think they're just trying... They're very, very best to, like, you don't want to foul there. I, I don't really know what their end game was, really. I think it was just like, let's just try to force a shot clock, I suppose. Like, they, or just like force a bad shot from a dude. But it, they kind of got lucky that Iguodala shot that. Obviously not lucky that it went down, but they were not really going to have much time to really do anything. Um, I think they had one timeout left, but like they were not going to have a lot of time had they made a bucket there to do anything, or even if they had, if they if they'd missed, it was going to be tricky. 
Um, sort of a weird sort of shot clock and score to negotiate. And uh, so, yeah, I, I don't begrudge them for how they played that possession at all. It just happened to be weird and chaotic and kind of beautiful the way it all transpired. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Um, let's go to like the individual performances across the board. Did you have anyone who you were particularly disappointed with? Actually, let's go with Siakam first. 41 minutes for him, just 5 of 18 from the field, 12 points, 8 boards, 5 assists. Uh, he had some foul trouble as well. He was guarding Thompson for a lot of the night, and Thompson kind of went off early on. Uh, not sure I loved that defensive assignment, but um, I don't know. What, what did you think of the way Siakam played? Obviously, he was not going to go 14 of 17 again, but I'm sure there will be some stark overreactions to 5 of 18 as well. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at you, Ryan Rosillo, but like, <laughs> I don't know. Are you... Uh, where, what do you think the Warriors did to make Siakam's life more difficult? Was it anything they did? Was it just him having an off night? Like, what did you think uh, was behind Siakam's uh, disappointing shooting line? Yeah, I mean, in the words of Ryan Russillo, could he even be a good second scoring option? I mean, jeez. <laughs> God, wow. What a terrible game. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, you know, they... The looks on Siakam, um, they definitely changed it up from the first game, uh, where it was just it was just Draymond, and um, I wasn't buying argument from game. Just like wasn't prepared for Siakam, um, especially because he guarded him pretty well early on, and then Siakam just kind of figured him out later on. And um, they had some interesting things tonight. Like there were a couple of times where uh, they had like uh, just larger bodies on them, like Cousins and stuff, and. The Warriors got that. Uh, the Sixers series with Embiid being on Siakam and just the size and, and length giving him trouble just around the rim. Um, but stuff like that seemed to work uh, much better on him. And sometimes in those instances, he still seems to get in his head a little bit when he can't get, go to his normal moves. And um, that phases him a little. And, uh, you know, there were certain shots that he missed as well. He just missed that were like spots that he's not particularly good at shooting from, like still above the arc, uh, at the top of the arc threes. You know, he's still not great in that spot. He's had some of those shots in there that the Warriors let him take. So, yeah, I mean, the Warriors really, they were down the paint. Anything easy in there. And uh, the Raptors really, again, were hesitating in some spots, like Gasol, too. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he was really hesitating a lot again in the second half on some of those looks, or at least... At least three times, where I, I was surprised he didn't take a shot or pass that. Um, and I know he's always looking for the next thing, and he's way smarter than I am, obviously. But you know, um, there's stuff like that that are that's it's still it's still prevalent with the the Raptors, and I think they're just I don't know. It just it seemed like they got rattled with the way the Warriors came out and really hit them with that haymaker. Yeah, it's uh, which like if you didn't expect the Warriors to do something like that, I think you're kind of uh, have not been paying attention for five years. Like that was what the Warriors yeah. were gonna do, and and honestly, 
I thought the Raptors did a pretty good job of withstanding that third quarter punch and just kind of keeping it close and fighting back. And um, even like, I there were a couple times where I think I wrote in my notes like, okay, now it's done. And then it was like, oh no, maybe it's not done. Like, oh now it's done. It's oh no, wait, they've come back. And that that was you know encouraging to see them not die. I mean, I guess if you have been watching these Raptors, it would, you'd also be an idiot to expect them to die um, because they just they don't stop. But I, I don't know. I, I'm having a hard time being like too upset about this one, to be honest. I, I kind of expected it. I expected the Warriors to play a game that was desperate. The way they talked after Game One, it sounded like they were like they were pretty pissed off with what happened. And the way Draymond talked, it sounded like he was very much going to come to play, and he did. Man, Draymond was awesome. He's he's really good. He had yeah. 17, 10, and nine on six of twelve, and yeah, he was he was outstanding. The whole Steph even like starting off poorly. They did, like because even though he wasn't hitting his shots, it's he's not like a guy who you can leave because he's cold. Like you can't do that with Steph, and so that was. You know, instead of him working on ball and getting looks that way, they were like, okay, let's just use him as a screener and uh, screw up the Raptors that way and get looks for other guys to get them going. Um, it was just a, a really, really impressive, like very. It's gonna sound. It's like gonna sound like Mark Jackson, but like a very championship performance, right? Like a, a team that's been there before knows exactly what they have to do. Isn't phased. Isn't worried by going down 0-1. And that doesn't mean the Raptors are gonna lose the series. <laughs> like they're like. The Raptors are very, very good. These are two ludicrously good basketball teams. Um, so, for you, Josh, like going forward, looking at Game Three, do you have anything that you'd like to see the Raptors change up from what they did? Anyone who should be getting more run, less run? Anything that you know, like? How are you feeling ahead of Game Three? Um, yeah, like I, I don't know. Like this is so difficult. That I feel like to analyze in certain in certain aspects because it just feels like the Warriors just kind of played like the Warriors more than they did in game one. Mm-hmm. And despite all the, all the stuff that, that happened in, in, uh, in this game, like Clay getting hurt and, and, um, just, just all the injuries, you know, the guys dropping bodies everywhere, but moving forward, like, I don't know. Like one of the things that stuck out to me was the high traps for Kawhi Leonard. Um, he had five turnovers tonight. It was just like in the first half, it was a really big problem. In the second half, he kind of just started bulldozing through guys. Uh, it was still a problem, but a little less so. He had four of those turnovers in the first half, so just one in the second half. But uh, you know, it's, that's been one of the um, most aspects of the playoffs in terms of overall, like the Raptors seeking out mismatches. Where, like in the Sixers series, for example. I, I, I was one of the people who kept talking about, you know, but Reddit and and the Sixers, um, every time that they tried to do that, they would hedge and recover, and it just made it difficult. Now, I, I kept saying, like, go back to that anyway, because Kawhi actually was still creating points off of those situations pretty well, but the Raptors didn't seem very confident in it, and they went away from it. Um and have Kawhi attack Steph, the Warriors are doing the same thing, hedging and recovering, but um, and, and sending out traps and just and just getting him back uh, up so high that he either can't pass to the right spot or he just you know can't get rid of the ball. Uh, I, I think the Raptors they have to figure out something something there to make things easier for Kawhi because uh, he's had a uh, like in Game One I actually thought he was pretty good at passing out of those situations. Um, but the Warriors, the tighter they get and 
depending on which defenders are playing at him, he's not, you know, that's not his best skill set passing. So I I think maybe they need to figure out a better way to have the ball maybe coming off of some some different kind of off-ball actions. Uh, I don't really know exactly what that is. Maybe they need to have, um, you know, stuff coming through Gasol more. Uh, I don't know. I don't know exactly, but I know that they, they can't continue to do that because Kawhi is really struggling with it in, in two games now. And he obviously found his way to score better tonight, um, but it wasn't really pretty and uh, it wasn't you know necessarily within the flow of the offense either because this game didn't really have much flow at all. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, I think that's one of the main things. I, I really think, because uh, that's, that's going to be a problem going forward if, you know, if he continues to turn over the ball. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. Uh, you know, the, the, it's sort of a bellwether for the Raptors, right? Is, is Kawhi's assist-to-turnover ratio okay or good? And if it's bad, then something is not right and something's not working or something's been figured out by the defense. And I think you are I think you make a good point. Like, remember how they used to use DeMar a lot, which is like have him run, stand in the corner and then just sort of like blast him out of the corner with a pin down, and then he just sort of come flash to the middle. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, there you go. There's and they did this with Norm a couple times in tonight's game, or at least one time, and it got him a dunk. Where you have sort of Gasol working, sort of the right at the nail, and then they'd run something out of the corner, and then you'd have like Norm just flashing for a dunk. And obviously, Kawhi is starting a lot more possessions with the ball in his hands. It is not very sort of organic to just have him go stand in the corner, but. Maybe you got to try to be a little more creative with that because, like, anything you can get, any easy possessions you can get for Kawhi where he's not facing two guys at the top of every single pick and roll is going to be important. I also wonder if maybe they'll start using Siakam as a screener a little bit more um, because that, that got them a lot of good looks when it wasn't quite working with Gasol in the uh, at the end of the Sixers, sorry, into the Bucks series, which is, so maybe there's something they could do there. And also, like, Keep going at Cousins because, like, I-, I thought they got some good stuff early on when Cousins was out there running the high pick and roll against Cousins. And, you know, obviously it's, it's challenging because you got, like, Draymond or whoever Clay is guarding Kawhi to sort of, you know, muck all that up. But Cousins is still very slow laterally. And Kawhi got a couple threes early on out of that or a couple buckets out of that early on, just sort of going at Cousins nonstop. Cousins got two fouls called on him early, too. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's another way to sort of, you know, try to attack Cousins as much as you can, as much as, like you mentioned, trying to go at Redick for the Sixers, like go to the worst defensive player on the team. And I think that's Cousins for this Warriors team, considering the, the lack of sort of conditioning he's got going as well. Um, well, we played 28 minutes then it was pretty good. So maybe he's back to conditioning uh, or back to the top condition. Who knows? But that's a good point. Uh, on your part, on yeah. trying to get Kawhi some different sort of creative ways to get the ball in his hands. Look, man, it, it, like it's going to be hard. <laughs> the Warriors are really, really good, and yeah. they can be oppressive at times if they want to be. And obviously, their offense, like Steph or Clay, can kind of just like bury you, even with good defense. Like it, it's 
Like, Steph hit that one three from, like, 32 feet out today, and it's like, what the hell are you supposed to do to that? Like, they did yep. everything they could. Um, so I, I still think the formula's been pretty good. I think the Raptors have done a good job of, you know, coming up with good shots, having a good shot chart, uh, like one that you'd want, one that the analytics will eventually sort of prevail from, you would think. And, like, there's still more to milk from Kyle and Gasol, I think. I, I think Kyle... I've had a rough time so far through a couple of games, but I, I thought he had a couple times tonight where he sort of looked like he was getting into the Kyle groove. And it's so hard because he's been in foul trouble both games now. And, like, he's got to be better at managing it, obviously. And I, I'm not sure what else you can really do there. Like, he keeps getting himself himself in these situations. It's kind of Steph-like, right? Steph's always in foul trouble, too. And I, on one hand, like, I, I get it because Nick Nurse's whole thing is, all right, if you're going to be out there, like, play like you and don't go and like be stupid but at the other time like just like stop going for silly steals that you don't need to go for kyle <laughs> like it, there's got to yeah. be a bit more of a, a balance you can find there um i thought norm had some nice minutes in this game i thought he was uh, lively and exciting and obviously fred was amazing again like that dude did everything um yeah yeah, that, like, yeah, yeah. He, there were a couple he's times been where, so good. yeah, he's been awesome. Like there were a couple times where like he kept possessions alive with offensive boards and stuff, and nothing came of it because they bricked. But like, man, he he's just been absolutely everywhere. He's played thirty eight minutes, I think, in both games now, and that feels like it not enough. <laughs> like, whenever he comes in, good things happen. Yeah, I also think um, just randomly, just popped the thought popped in my head in, in game one when Siakam. Uh, was the ball handler a lot of times in especially in pick and roll and stuff and they had Draymond guarding Siakam in game one and it just those those actions where they had Pascal as the point of attack had Draymond you know drawn out drawn out to the top of the top of the arc so he wasn't able to do any of the free safety stuff and in this game when they switched it around and they moved it and it was like Igadala on Siakam um, and like you know the Warriors have a bunch of good defenders, too. We talk about the Raptors' defense all the time, but it's not like the Warriors' defense is a sludge of a defense, especially when they get rolling. Um, but having Draymond a little more freed up, like, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Like, that guy, he, that's that's where he's at the all-caliber defense, is, like, when he's able to kind of, like, half-defend somebody and then kind of, like, just be around all the other guys and, like, sneak, sneak to certain spots where you, you don't expect him to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that is... Is something to keep an eye on going forward because in game one, they, I just the Raptors did such a good job of recognizing that Draymond was sticking to Siakam, and uh, not only was Siakam going right at him, but he was able to keep him away from all the other guys, and I, that was a little bit more of a problem in the second half tonight. Yeah, um, Draymond's really good. <laughs> He's he, I'm finding him very hard to root against because he just he's so good in interviews. He's so good at playing basketball in such a like high IQ high caliber way he's awesome man he's he's so so good and it's kind of cool even if it means the Raptors are going to lose games like this as a result of it it's kind of cool to see him kind of at his peak Draymondiness in a game it's he's a he's a fantastic fantastic basketball player and the Warriors have a lot of those although some of them are injured I guess Kevon Looney left the game with the shoulder thing uh, Clay left the thing with the hamstring we mentioned. Um, obviously, Iguodala's not entirely 100% right, I don't think, with that hamstring or calf or whatever he's yeah. dealing with. And then Steph was, like, dehydrated tonight, and it didn't seem to matter after he had those energy gels. <laughs> Fucking energy gels, man. Um, 
But like, I, if there's a thing that I'm, and it's like kind of a morbid thing to be excited about, but the Warriors are like, like, totally beaten up right now, and I don't know yep. how long that's gonna last. If this series goes deep, like obviously KD is the hammer to come back, but like every injury that piles up, it just saps away even more of the non-existent depth the Warriors have, and. Quinn Cook can hit some threes here and there, obviously, but like I'm not worried about Sean Livingston right now in 2019. I'm not worried about Andrew Bogut most of the time. Alfonso McKinney is a cool revenge story candidate, but it's not going to happen, I don't think. And then Jonas Drebko is awful. So Jonas Drebko, yeah, he's just... he's. Uh, I'm worried, man. I'm worried he's going to go nuts in one game because that would be the most Raptors thing ever. Yeah, it would be for sure. <laughs> um... I, yeah, I, I just, I feel pretty good. And maybe feeling good against the Warriors is just like the peak of naivete, but like, I don't know. The, the, the Raptors have played really well. They've probably been the better team over the course of the balance of two games. And yeah, they are going back to Oracle now. They have to win a game there, but like, it's not undoable. And undoable? God, it's late. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> Uh God. Uh, let let me ask you. Do you think? I just out of curiosity. Do you think yeah. OG should have got some run tonight? It's a good question. Uh, I think maybe throwing him like the time to throw him in would have been when they were just giving up all those back cuts and stuff, and were having trouble, and maybe they could have used a bit more sort of switchability out there. But I don't think it would have been fair to throw him in when the Warriors are in the middle of a Warriors run in the third quarter. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. So oh, yeah. I think we'll see him in Game 3 for sure. I think we'll probably see them go small. I think we'll see Siakam at center at some point. Um, I think Ibaka's been useful, but like him and Gasol, if you can sort of limit their exposure a little bit maybe and have Siakam play center, I think that's doable. And then like the Siakam, OG, Kawhi front court is still big enough to hurt Golden State on the glass. So... I think we'll probably see that, and I will welcome it with open arms. And hopefully OG is good to go for 10, 12 minutes, something like that. He's useful, for sure, in this series. So we'll see about that. But yeah, I think it would have been a little unfair to throw him in there tonight because the time that called for him was when the Warriors were just shitting everywhere all over the Raptors' heads. So <laughs> yeah, would have been mean. Uh, all right, man. I think we should probably wrap this thing up. Uh, yeah. Disappointing. We'll be back another podcast tomorrow with uh, a fun guest. I'm not going to spoil it. Stay tuned for tomorrow. And uh, that'll be great. We'll talk to you then with another episode of Lockdown Raptors. Uh, Josh, anything that you have you want to plug right now? Uh, nothing in particular. You can find me on Twitter at Howvolution. You can read me occasionally at Raptors Republic when I have actual time. <laughs> and uh, I did do a podcast. Um, if you want to relive happier moments, I did a podcast with Anthony Doyle from Raptors Republic. Uh, that we posted today that was just kind of reminiscing about the Raptors' journey here. Uh, we did a podcast when the Kawhi trade happened and uh, just kind of bookending that podcast with where we're at now. And, uh, yeah, so so that's kind of neat. Uh, you can go check that out. Other than that, yeah, just, just tweet at me all your sad takes. It's okay. I'll comfort you. <laughs> Uh, you can find me at Woodley Sean. Subscribe, rate, review, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, as well as Himalaya. Once again, a great podcast app for you to check out and uh, curate your own podcast playlist. It's very, very awesome. Also, today's show was brought to you by Grip Six Belts. 
Grip 6 is the ultra lightweight belt with no holes, no flap, and it is a great Father's Day gift as well. Go to grip6.com slash lock, L-O-C-K-E, for a special offer. That's grip6.com slash lock, L-O-C-K-E. All right, let's uh, wrap this thing up. Also, thanks to Hotels.com and Untuck It for sponsoring today's show too. And we will talk to you again on Monday with hopefully a less somber and sad episode of Locked on Raptors. Have a good one, everybody. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.